The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Data Reaper podcast. I am your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined as always by Wildpaw Zacko. Zach, how you doing? How you doing, huh? Doing okay. Uh... Almost done with the holidays, so I'm happy. And this is absolutely my kind of Hearthstone meta, so I'm happy. Though they should change it and they will change it. Don't get in my mentions. That is a little bit strange that you're enjoying it this much. Uh, I guess because there's a lot of aggression and one-drops and stuff. Damage! There's damage! I like damage. Sure, cool. Uh, I'm okay with... I'm not okay. I am playing... It's possible to find enjoyment in something that you know won't exist soon and shouldn't exist soon. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Uh, I think game Top Legend is going to get a little bit uh, annoying because I don't like to play against uh, Quest Demon Hunters. And Demon Hunter just chaps your ass, man. Something about getting Sinful Brand is just too much for you. Honestly, I disliked the Relic build more. Than this one. The Sinful Burn one, I feel like I have a little bit more counterplay options. But Sinful Burn still is not a fun card to play against. It feels like you're you're getting punished for like trying to pressure them. Like if you go wide, you get Unleash Feld, right? And they reno the health to full. And if you play one big minion, then they Sinful Burn and use it to kill you. So in terms of patterns and gameplay and the sense of counterplay it's not great it, it doesn't feel great it feels like whatever you're doing you're getting punished for it and it's not ideal and at the center of it is again unleash fell and sinful brand for me are just not very pleasant to play against uh, on a regular basis and them being such powerful cards in the format sinful brand is kind of funny because the car was unplayable uh, before, but, uh, you know, uh, Falderai Warband did a lot to make that card to turn into a one-mana Pyroblast. It's very often just a one-mana Pyroblast. Um, so yeah, let, we'll, we'll get into it soon enough. We'll get into Demon Hunter, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the Rogue. We'll start a discussion with the Rogue, which is the most popular class at Top Legend, at Legend. It's rising in popularity at lower ranks as well. Um, despite the fact that it got pretty heavy nerfs, it got a lot of, I think four cards were nerfed in Rogue. Well, two were in Death Rattle. Uh, only two were in this deck, yeah. Sinstone and Draka, and Draka seems to be gone. Yeah, Draka's gone, but Sinstone Graveyard is still good. And Miracle Rogue, um, is, you know, Thief Rogue has seen more enthusiasm initially, Miracle Rogue barely saw play after the patch launch because people assumed, oh, it's probably dead. I mean, you you nerf Sinstone, you nerf Draka. These are the cards that that the archetype is focused on. And I'm just going to play Thief. But the most powerful deck is Miracle Rogue once again. Um, it has a really good... like what, what basically it did is there was a concoction build and there was the all-in Draka build with Sinstone. And the all-in Sinstone Draka build with like mailbox dancers and such, uh, it fell off. It, it was hurt 
because it was all about the most powerful Draka you could play. But this concoction build is more about, you know, value. Um, it, it does have strong Sinstone Graveyard turns. It's capable of that. But it's a very late game oriented, very value oriented. The concoctions, Astlore alongside Shadow Step. Uh, you're running Walpa Nose. The Nose are really important uh, in the current meta because, you know, you're playing against Frost, Death Knight, and uh, Frost Mage as well. And those uh, decks are very reliant on, on beating you through a burn, but they need chip damage early on with their early game minions. Uh, you know, Death Knight is starting to run one drops and such. And those will just, you know, negate all the early game damage because it's, uh, it's a one for three very often in the early game. And it works extremely well with Potion Belt. You play Potion Belt on two, and the null is for free. You can play it the same turn. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really good uh, card in the current format. Null, it's a powerful card in general, but Potion Belt really put it over the top, I think. That that interaction where it just discounts the null by three uh, when you play Potion Belt in disguise really puts it over the top. So It's pretty silly. This is what I've been playing. Um, there have been... The Jesse Alexander build was where I started. I've actually started picking up the Casey build as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that I, I want to mention because I didn't have... The The strange thing is that, you know, there were two builds. There was the Null build with Manastra and there was the Stenographer build uh, with, like, running one mailbox dancer um, and still, you know, the Astalor stuff and the Concoction stuff. And I didn't have much data on the Casey build because the Casey build, I think he posted a list just when I was closing the database and working to refine the, the, the archetypes, right? So now I'm starting to see the Casey build, which runs both Stenographer and Null. And it makes sense because why won't you run both of these cards together, right? Uh, and the idea there is you cut the burn. You cut like Wicked Stab and Tooth of Nefarian are the most questionable cards in the deck. And Krabatoa. Yeah, no, Krabatoa is is looking good, but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention why Casey has cut it. Why some pros um, consider Krabatoa not to be a good card in the deck. So here's the thing: Wicked Stab and Tooth of Infarian are cards that don't really fit that well into this archetype because they're like you're running burn, sure, but your your primary win condition is the value through concoctions, your Astalor, and Sinstone Graveyard. And, but, however, a burn in general is good against Demon Hunter, right? So if Demon Hunter rises in play, then you would expect uh, Wicked Stab and Tooth of Nefarian to be quite good. And I did some math, and I, and I saw that Wicked Stab and, and, and Tooth of Nefarian are worth about 3% uh, in the Demon Hunter matchup. If you cut them, you lose like 3% against Demon Hunter. However, there is a way around that, which is if you're running, um, you know, Door of Shadows Gone Fishing instead with Stenographer, you're more likely, what happens is that your Sinstone Graveyard becomes better because you're less likely to run out of gas because you, you're more likely to have cards in hand. You have cards that fill your hand with other cards. That's basically the Miracle Rogue play style. And you still lose some, like maybe a percent in the Demon Hunter matchup, but you're much better a, in, in other matchups because 
Sinstone Graveyard is just better, and you're less likely to 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 run out of gas. So that approach from Casey, I think, might end up being superior. But again, I'll reevaluate it uh, by next week. But it's 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 something that I would recommend to to pick up and try because it does seem to be promising. And stenographer and Null can can definitely work together in the same deck. Um, the other thing is Krabatoa. Now Krabatoa is a really good card in a lot in a lot of matchups. It's good, but there's one matchups where there's one matchup where Krabatoa sucks, and that is the Demon Hunter matchup. Uh, uh, so what happens is if if yeah so 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 what happens is top legend players right now what are they queuing into they're queuing into mirrors and they're queuing into demon hunters and Krabatoa sucks against demon hunters so their inclination is to say that Krabatoa sucks and from their perspective they're correct however if you played Miracle Rogue at Upper Diamond which is you know I I, I concede that it's not a popular deck at lower ranks of ladder. But it does exist there, and if you wanted to pick it up, you probably want to play Krabatoa. But if you were playing only a top legend, like top 100, where you're queuing into 40% Miracle Rogue Mirrors and 40 other percent Quest Demon Hunters, then Krabatoa is not going to be as good. So Krabatoa is good enough to be in the deck, but Krabatoa is also fine to cut in that context. So that's the story of the Miracle Rogue build. So if I'm playing right now top legend after seeing the data for Casey list, I probably just run the Casey list. Um, but if I am if I do want to pick it up this deck for the first time, just learn it, and I'm playing diamond, I'm trying to climb the legend, then Krabatoa is going to do a lot of work, but because it's an insane card in a lot of matchups. So that's kind of uh, the story. You're gonna have a very narrow top legend environment. That's going to cause um, some cards to be very specifically picked or specifically omitted just because of one or two matchups, and that's it. So that's kind of the situation. Um, but yeah, w- regardless, I'm talking about numbers like these are not massive differences, right? We're min-maxing to the extreme. Uh, regardless of what build you're playing, Miracle Rogue is a tier near-tier S stack. It's an insanely good deck. It's uh, it's one of the top two decks by far in the format. It's not even close. I see no reason to play. Like a top legend, I see no reason to play anything else other than Miracle Rogue and, and Quest DH as it, as it currently stands. They're just so far and above. They're like at least 3% better than the next deck, best deck. Uh, and, you know, Shock Spitter Hunter, you know, in the report... It's tier one, a top legend, but that's gonna quickly change. It's gonna fall off from that from that spot uh, because it cannot handle these two matchups. So, uh, Miracle Rogue, very very good. Thief Rogue is another option. It's inferior. It's by far an inferior deck. I personally enjoy it. Um, the thirty card build feels a lot better. I, I really dislike the Renathal build of Thief Rogue. But uh, the 30-card build appealed to me personally more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a solid build. The Gialti, I really like it. The sketchy strangers are solid. You can drop the strangers and play, I don't know, Ghostly Strike or something. But in general, that build is pretty good. Looks very settled and and, and quite clean. But it is way worse than Miracle Rogue because the Quest Demon Hunter matchup is far worse. Um, 
you know, a lot of like even late game matchups. The thing about the Miracle Rogue build with with Astlor is that its late game is so good that in some matchups, like late game matchups, it's just as good against like Blood Death Knight as Thief Rogue is. Despite the fact that Thief Rogue has like the stashes and in theory, when you think about it, which deck is more likely to win late game with value? It's Thief Rogue. You, you think about Thief Rogue, but Miracle Rogue is capable of generating so much value through concoctions. In uh, Astalor, shadow stepping and stuff, that that its late game matchups are really spectacular. It's a really good deck against uh, strategies that try to whittle it down. Uh, it, it's really hard to run out of resources, especially if you, you know, start carding burn and you run like uh, things like Door of Shadows, and your Door of Shadows gets infused, and you 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 find. Uh, um, potion belt from it and you get two copies of potion belt it's just like it has cards forever i will say the thanks to draka leaving i have found fun with rogue again since they've printed draka i actually like kind of haven't clicked with the class as much yeah i really dislike draka yeah i i dislike the play style i dislike the play style of like Emptying your hand and then playing Draka and that wins the game. Uh, I am vibing a lot more with this build. It's it's fun. It's fun it's to more play. Fun. It's much more fun. It's full of one mana cyclers and full of giant Edwin type minions. It is Miracle Rogue. It feels like Miracle Rogue. You've got value. You've got pressure. You've got presence. Uh, it's it, it, it it's really enjoyable to play. And you get to, yeah. uh, I don't have a good abbreviation for the concoction that gives you a class card that make it cost three or less. I call it three less. Hazy. I take. Hazy. Yeah. It's scam. I take scam potion somewhat routinely. And you get all oh, really? sorts of wacky stuff on it. Because it's, it's good for the pop-off turns. And it's it's good for null discounts if you have to play something else early. And I'll often take that with a three drop in a matchup like Demon Hunter overdrawing a couple cards because i know i need something crazy i've gotten an elec mount or a bone glaive or like it's just fun man just a good time maybe i should pick maybe i should pick hazy more often because i usually do not pick hazy i won a game today on turn nine bolner astalor eight concocter Mm. won that sounds uh yeah okay yeah, Astalor is really good in this deck, and and, huh. and there are two classes now? that abuse. Is he, is yeah, he no, now? but there, Astalor is good in every deck almost, but it's particularly abusable in Rogue and uh, Druid, and it is a, kind of a, an outlier in those uh, two archetypes, uh, in particular. Uh, like, what do you do? Like, the thing is, it's, this deck is obviously fun, but it's also mega busted, and it's probably gonna get nerfed. And if you ask me what would get nerfed, then it's probably no, just because, um, you know, Potion Belt, I think there are two candidates, right? Main candidate, you either nerf the Potion Belt or you nerf the Null. For me, I think it's much better to nerf the Null uh, because Cause we've been doing this for a year and it's time for something else to happen. Yeah, yeah. I would push Null back to six. They initially made that nerf and then Null became unplayable. But with Potion Belt interaction... I think that's fine. Just nerf it. Uh, the, the thing is, Miracle Rogue, if you nerfed Null, it would probably just stop running Null and adjust pretty well. They can just 
drop the master and then I'll just run mailbox dancer and oh, please let me play a rogue that's just a rogue. Let me do stuff turns one no, and two but that mailbox isn't trading is fine hat. There's no draka. There's no draka. No, it's There's fine. No it's just I wanna be done with my Estra. I'm so done with my Estra and tradable. Been a full year. You know that we were recording this December thirtieth. Well, it's for you it's thirty first. We're recording this December thirtieth. I looked up the report, December 30th, 2021, Vicious Syndicate Data Report number 216. The number one deck in Alterac was Thiefrogue. The number one deck this day one year ago, Wildpaw Noel Thiefrogue. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm ready to do something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, you absolutely nerf Noel in this situation. You just push it by one mana. You move, you move away from the master thing. It's also part of the reason, like, part of the reason why master is so good is because Maybe maybe it's also a top legend thing. It's hard to mulligan against this thing because you always see another class, and then you start to ask yourself, "Oh, is this actually rogue?" Are you like sometimes it's not that some like yesterday I queued into two demon hunters and turn that turned into rogue. That's really frustrating because you mull for demon hunter, you have to assume it's quest, and then they they cut listen one, and you realize it's a rogue, and it's you, you're kind of it kind of screws yourself it kind of screws you in a, in a way that's not that's not fun um unlucky rng right of the of the disguise i i also am done with no like just push it by one mana but you also have to nerf something else because i'm pretty sure that miracle rogue even if you nerfed if even if you deleted no it would be a very very good deck i think astralor is the card that you need to change i'm going to talk about changes uh at the end of the podcast and and make some suggestions of what i think they they should do after they come back from holidays and figure things out. It might take a bit of, it might take a while until we get the next patch, right? Uh, people need to be patient here because uh, they come back from holidays and then the next patch might be a, a battlegrounds patch and they might not be able yep. to do balance changes in that week. And yeah, it's might I'd take envision a while. the next balance patch. The next balance patch I envision probably either the nineteenth or if it's earlier, the twenty sixth if it's later. Uh, because it's going to be nine days after the BG's patch, which will be either Tuesday the 10th or Tuesday the 17th. Depends how quickly they get the BG's patch out the door. If they ship it on the 10th, then we get the balance patch nine days later on the 19th. and they ship it on the 17th, we get it on the 26th. So we've got some time left with this meta, I would imagine somewhere in the three to four week range. Three. Uh, that's, you know, none of this is officially confirmed, but that's roughly what I'd guess. Yeah, that's, uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll do some exception or something. But but if if it's normal uh, cadence, then it's gonna take a while. Um, but yeah, uh, Astalor, you need to do something about Astalor as well. Uh, that that card is insane. By the way, uh, over the last um twenty four hours, I think, or uh, over the last couple of days, Astalor at Legend is over sixty percent. Is in over sixty percent of day decks that's like insane that's more than the nath three years and renathor ever were and the card is more oppressive than it seems a lot I've, i'm seeing a lot of takes of like oh astalor is fine it's a well-designed card and such but you know lots of people um right now are uh kind of crying about the death of control and part of the reason is Astalor. It's very subtle, but Astalor, like the 16 damage form of Astalor that comes down on turn 10, if you're playing a passive deck, like like a value deck, obviously you run an Astalor yourself. The problem is if you're playing against a deck that its goal in the matchup is to kill you and pressure you, 
Their Astalor is better than yours. Their Astalor is played on an empty board because you're the passive defensive deck. Your Astalor is a comeback card. At best, it clears this stuff. So in an Astalor mirror, the deck with initiative actually has the advantage. And the reason why Astalor is so busted is because it's good in initiative-focused decks. And it's good in decks that that assume the beatdown role rather than the value-grindy late-game approach. You need to turn Astalor into a value late-game approach card rather than a card just auto-included even an aggressive deck just because of the two-mana card, which is good enough to play. Like a two-mana deal two damage is already good. If the game goes late, then they get an insane finisher and there's no synergy required. I think that is an issue that people are overlooking with this card. I think we need to, to make this card... We need to rework this card. But... Um, but yeah, so Rogue, Death Rogue is obviously dead, but Rogue is in a spectacular spot. It's just super busted. Uh, Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter is another super busted uh, class. Um, Quest Demon Hunter at Top Legend is particularly terrifying, but Fell Demon Hunter is very good uh, at other rank brackets as well. As long as you cut Relics, you just forget about Relics and just run Sinful Brand Brands that we have in the report. Um, Sinful Brand became... An extremely powerful burn card in this format because you know without Renathal burn generally um, got better, but with uh, Warband this card is like it's just one mana power blast. It's insane. And the thing about Quest DH with Sinful Brand, it basically never plays the Quest reward. I have not seen this deck play the Quest reward once. The turn you play, it feels like you're just letting the shields down and just you're just gonna die. Yeah, the, the, that's my issue with Final Showdown as well as a card because this is this is more. It's been more than once where you just play the quest for the first two phases and you don't care about the rest just because it's kind of a kind of a mini rune mithrobot. And sometimes Quest Demon Hunter manages to discount a sinful brand or an Unleash Fell into zero mana just with the first two phases, and that's that's oppressive. That's like when those cards are zero mana, it, it, the deck becomes far too flexible in what it does and how it blows out the opponent. Um, so that's obviously an issue. Um, so the quest build is very good, but you know it's starting to, again. There's more developments, uh, just like in Miracle Road. Just to tell you about what's happening in Top Legend, I'll, I'll tell you more stuff that's happening post database for for the last report and developments that are happening because of the inbred meta top legend where people have decided that jace is just too slow and they're running abusive sergeant as oh, a the no hands minion. build i saw that yeah 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 they're just saying in the mirror i'm just gonna otk my opponent with sathino and abusive sergeant and jace costs eight mana and it's too slow and i'm not running relics so i can't really discount the the jace i don't know if this is the right approach I don't have indication right now that abusive is the way to go. Like it might just be bait. I I don't I don't really I'm not confident to say. Uh but the fact that this is happening shows you the like the psychological impact of just constantly running into mirrors. I will say that it doesn't look bad running abusive over Jays. I'm not sure if it's superior. The the worst cards, the worst cards in the Quest Fell Demon Hunter deck are Jace and the Quest Reward Kurtris. What happened? 
Yeah, basically. Oh, and and uh, Kurtris, yeah, Kurtris, uh, the you're you're talking about the hero card. Yeah, Kurtris is, well, and, is too and slow. The, and the quest reward. So you play the quest, but you don't want the quest reward. You play fell spells, but you don't want the fell guy. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want Jace. You don't want Kurtris as a hero card because those cards are too slow. Also, people are starting to cut coordinary strike because if you're running the mirror, you have nothing to run into. Right? <laughs> so what's the point? Um, yeah, it's getting very inbred and very degenerate. We'll see what happens next week. It's going to be uh, interesting to reevaluate and see, like evaluate Jace against Abusive Sergeant and see what what, what what the result of that is. But I'm pretty sure that Kurtris as a hero card is cut. This is probably the first deck that cuts, the first Demon Hunter that, that cuts Kurtris since Alterac Valley. I'm pretty sure nothing, nobody else has ever cut this card or was it ever correct to cut Kurtris from a Demon Hunter deck. Um, but yeah, this is what's happening. That's what happened when the, the, the environment is just so narrow. Um, yeah, so Demon Hunter, super busted. What would I nerf? People would probably ask me. The cards, I think, that the most offensive, I've alluded to it. Unleash Fell and Sinful Brand. They are the big problem they are the most there are two of the most powerful cards in the deck alongside Felderai Warband however Felderai Warband is the cool new build around card payoff for spell demon hunter decks I'd like to see that card stay the way it is as a payoff for spell demon hunter decks that are not as vile and un, uh, dishonorable as this deck is um, I'd rather get rid of the things or weaken the things that are not just power outliers in terms like in terms of power, Sinful Brand and Unleash Pharaoh are top three cards in the stack, but they're also extremely frustrating to play against. Just because the fact that Unleash Fell punishes you for going wide by having the opponent heal the full. Also, the nerf that they made with the mana thirst uh, adjustment to six did not do anything in late game matchups. It does, has no impact on this deck's dominance against slower decks. Like, slower decks, the mana thirst does not matter. Unleash Fell needs to cost two mana. Sinful Brand needs to cost two mana. Make those adjustments, and suddenly, running the quest might not be correct because you can't discount your nukes uh, to zero anymore, just with the quest lines. And if you go back to uh, relics, then relics, the relic packages are obviously worse. Like uh, in the early impression podcast, I just, uh, before the sinful brand came out, people played quest with relics and that looked like a tier three deck. So if they go back to that, I'm fine with that. So just weaken the the, the two cards that aren't just the, the, the best cards in the deck, but also make the experience of playing Against the deck, extremely unpleasant. Uh, so that's probably what you do. I think it's easier to nerf uh, Demon Hunter. I think Rogue is a little bit more complicated to nerf, but a Demon Hunter is uh, fairly straightforward in my eyes. Um, yeah, and that's that's it for Demon Hunter. Uh, busted. It's probably it might be better than Miracle Rogue at top legend. Honestly, I'd like. Uh, under report, you see that Miracle Rogue's win rate is higher, but that's because of refinement. I can see it becoming very, very close between the two. Um, I'm not sure what's better, <laughs> but both of them are 
gigabusted decks at Top Legend. And if you ever queue up, if you've queued up over the last 24 hours at Top Legend, uh, or if you've, if you've checked out a stream of a um, of someone playing there, you would see, like, they're, if they're playing Top 100, you would see, like, they're just running into Rogues and Demon Hunters. There's almost nothing else. People are trying some stuff, and I'll mention them. But, but that's pretty much it. Uh, it is a bit, you know, it is just mostly a top legend. So rest of ladder is, is better. Like it's, it's more diverse. There's more classes. You don't, it's not as bad. These decks just don't translate. They're really difficult to navigate. They're difficult to play. I, I do suspect, I do think that they will trickle down to some degree. Like Miracle Rogue is definitely rising in play. Um, following um uh, the report in recent days but it just it's just a deck that's far less intuitive to play compared to other decks in the format and demon hunter for sure is a deck that i think quest demon hunter is a deck that people easily can pick up and just not understand how it plays like they playing quest demon hunter with sinful brand and they think their goal is to complete the quest and play the quest reward when actually it's not really the case this deck is very unintuitive. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's not going to be as bad at le- legend outside of top legend, and especially diamond platinum. You're you're barely running into those decks. Okay, death knight. Um, okay, so frost death knight, good deck for sure. It's gonna run into a problem. Top legend, I don't think it's. I think it's barely playable. It's going to become barely playable uh, at Top Legend just because uh how oppressive Demon Hunter and Rogue is. It's a constant pattern. I did find, though, that um, Frost Death Knight pretty much was gimping itself by not running one-drops, and one-drops are really good. At the yeah. very least, you run, yeah, you yeah. run Vicious Slither Spear, but more so, it, it might be correct. Uh, but uh, like yesterday, yesterday I queued into a Frost Death Knight I got rolled over because they played two Vicious Slither Spear and Iron Deep Trog. It was shortly after the report. I got emoted thanks because the the, the opponent recognized me as Zacco and I that's gave kinda, him the correct tip that's to run one up. drops. Kinda yeah, like he, he emoted me. He emoted me on turn one and then played Vicious Slither Spear into Trog, Vicious Slither Spear, and I was at, telling myself, why am I doing these reports and telling my opponents how to build, how to correctly build their decks? But yeah, it's, that's what I do. That's whoever, a sacrifice I that, make. That's pretty funny. Whoever did that, that props is pretty to you. Funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's. I've been running, I haven't been running Trog. I've been trying out Emerjar Frostbreaker, um, and like it's been solid, but Trog also, like I played against Trog, and it's pretty good. The deck just wants to play a bunch of ones. Um, I've also been playing... Um, I've been trying out Might of Menethil, the weapon that slurps up corpses and freezes things. It's pretty good, but I'm you know curious what the data is. I'm not I'm not hot on Might of Menethil. I looked at that card in the refi- uh, for this report. I don't think it's it's that worth it, but I do think it's probably correct to run uh, Vicious Slither Spear and at least Trog. Trog yeah. is very good against Demon Hunter, specifically yeah, if you go. Ter- they have to hero if you power go turn into one, hero power quest or something like that. Yeah. It, it it's especially early in the game. Keyword early in the game. Later in the game, it might become a liability because what they do is just play a bunch of spells, generate a bunch of trogs, and then unleash fell and oh, yeah. yield the full. 
Sometimes Trog helps them. But turn one, if you go first against Quest DH, Trog is good. It's definitely good. Um, but Slitherspear is the most stable one drop. You always run that. Uh, there's another option, which is running Frostbreaker. Maybe add more spells like Remorseless Winter. And Frostbreaker is quite underrated. It's, it's also quite a good one drops. I don't think you can run three one drops. But you can definitely run two and fit those in. And I think it makes a lot of sense for Frost Death I'm seeing a clear like disparity between decks that run one drops and don't run one drops. Frost Death Knight with one drops are far superior. So in a way, Frost Death Knight has not really reached its full potential. Uh, one drops just help you. They deal chip damage early, which means you can kill your opponent easily later in the game. It's a, it's a this deck is like really likes to have burn backed up by some minion damage and uh, chip damage in the early game. It's very simple. Uh, okay, that's Frost Control. I'm less convinced. Uh, this archetype is just not that good. Uh, I do think that thirty going thirty is probably correct. Um. And I do like the 30 build conceptually, but regardless, it's just not, you can't beat Rogue. Like <laughs> you can, but you still lose to Rogue. It's hard, really hard to run uh, Rogue out of resources. You don't really have a consistent game plan that can disrupt Quest Demon Hunter. So you're normally going to roll over uh, to them. You lose to Ram Druid. There's, uh, you lose to Spitter Hunter. You get completely destroyed by Spitter Hunter. You have, absolutely no counterplay against them like sometimes you run into a phylactery warlock and you might as well concede there's just too much lethality in the format for blood uh, the thing to be good um i'd like to see uh it buffed in some way and speaking of buffs unholy needs it desperately completely unplayable not even close uh needs a lot of work to be viable so frost that thing works well and I think that Frost Death Knight is probably needs a tweak down. Um, specifically uh, Glacial Advance, because what what's what's happening with Frost Death Knight is that sometimes they just burst you down and deal like 20 damage on turn 6-7 if the Death Whisper, right? Yep. Uh copies copies the right spells. Uh it, it can lead some to some frustrating games. And Frost Death Knight is a very popular deck especially at lower ranks of ladder. Uh, and, and that experience is not very pleasant. And if you're probably nerfing Miracle Rogue and Quest Demon Hunter, you probably need to tone down this deck as, uh, uh, too because it's matchup spread outside of, of the most the, 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 the very best deck is very good. Like, its matchup spread is quite scary. And I'd like to see that change. I'd like to see Frost Death Knight not able to so easily do that play where they just quadruple glacial advance you for at least 16 um very for like six mana like four glacial advances is six mana i think that's not okay um but otherwise i think the deck is fine um but it is kind of a um a symptom of the current meta where there's like there's a lot of burst maybe too much burst uh maybe some of this, these cards were printed with Renathal in mind, and now Renathal got nerfed, and, and Burn is maybe a little bit too strong. But yeah. Glacial Advance makes sense to me, just because it's just, it's only there for degen damage chains, right? Like, that's what it's there for. 
yeah, yeah. Whenever, yeah. It's so whenever Frost Death Knight does something that's very unpleasant when it comes to burst, it's always the the the, the cause is always Glacial Advance. It is one of the most powerful cards in the deck. It's a top card, three card in the deck, and it's the one that leads to the most egregious uh, play patterns for sure. So I would like to see that toned down. Maybe discounts by one rather than two. So if you chain a lot of Glacial Advances together. It doesn't cost six mana. It costs a lot more. Maybe it costs nine mana. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah, Druid. Druid is recovering, like which which surprised. I thought Druid. I, I thought Ram Druid would be <laughs> super dead, but turns out it's not. And the more time goes on and people figure out the correct build for 30 cards, I recommend 30 cards. I think it's superior. If the report came out now, I wouldn't even have the Renathal build in the report uh, because as a developing story, it seems to be pretty clear that cutting Renathal is correct. Uh, I do like the Naga Giants. I think it gives you some proactivity. It gives you a good uh, Earthen Scale target. I do wonder if we can also fit in Crypt Keeper in the same list uh, in order to have more defense against aggressive decks. Uh, possibly, maybe you cut Planet and Evidence. I would, I would suggest to people to cut Planet and Evidence and add Crypt Keeper uh, as an adjustment uh, with the developing data that I'm. I keep collecting. Uh, I think that's probably going to be helpful because uh, uh, Planet Evidence was mostly used as fuel for top year, and we don't run top year anymore. So maybe it makes sense. And the card isn't that great right now in 30 card builds. So maybe it makes sense to just cut the Planet Evidence and run Crypt Keeper. That's probably an adjustment that I will look to make next week. Uh, but again, you know, pot, um, early podcasts. In the early meta, lots of things change daily. Lots of developments happening. I can uh, have a have a database. Work on refining archetypes. Four days later, I reevaluate and look that there's some 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 new things that you can explore. Uh, which is which is why podcast listening to the podcast can be quite useful in staying up to date. Agridruid, not that hot. I don't like this deck in the current meta too much. Uh, Frost Death Knight is a tough tough matchup. There's a lot of AOE. There are a lot of wild panels. Uh, it, it's it's rough. Uh, Agrodroid was mostly carried by Ramtroid being so popular. And now that Ramtroid is not as popular, then it just doesn't have the free matchup enough to, to really um, perform consistently. And the deck is quite uh, fringe. Yeah. Have you ever gotten Unleashed Fell as an Aggro Druid? Because it makes you delete the deck. Yeah, yeah. Unleash Fell is just... Yeah. That card Oof. needs to cost two. It does. Mage. Mage. Um, Frost Mage looks extremely promising. I think if you're asking me what is the third best deck a top legend in the developing meta, third or fourth, it's going to be Frost Mage because it has reason... It's the only deck in the game that has a reasonable matchup. It does not beat them, but it has a reasonable matchup against both Miracle Rogue and Quest Demon Hunter. Um, the only one where you queue into these decks constantly and you're not cursing yourself for choosing to play a deck that's not Rogue and Demon Hunter a top legend. And obviously, it, this deck is really, 
really good on the Climb 2 Legend. It's one of the better decks in the format. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's powerful. It's arguably too powerful in a format where you nerf Demon Hunter and Rogue and maybe Death Knight. Everything else slows down and this stays the same speed. It's not going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Frozen Touch... Uh, I actually ask you, Hat, what do you do? Would you do with Frozen Touch? Because this is probably the card that you need to nerf. Uh, and infuse, increasing the infuse requirement to four is probably something that Team Five should be looking to do. Uh, just a gentle nudge to make it a bit less trivi- trivial to infuse this constantly and direct the burn to face. Again, burn got better. Might want to tune down the burn a bit. I think Frozen Touch is a good target. Uh, and this would be a, a good uh, subtle change. Um, but yeah, the build in the report looks pretty perfect. Uh, I do like it a lot. Vizier is super overrated. I don't know why people are so infatuated with Vizier. It's barely good enough in Death Knight. Um, so I definitely do not like it in in Mage. Uh, despite, you know, the skeletons and such. The, the build that... We published in the report looks really good. Sanctum got a lot better with this with this for in this format. Uh, it just helps you stall a bit, get ahead. Uh, it works well with your Deathborn. Uh, it, it's a good card now. So things you know before the balance changes, it was unplayable in Frostmage, and now it's really good. So things can 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 change very quickly. Big Spell Mage also a very good deck up until Top Legend, where nothing is good other than. Demon Hunter and Rogue, uh, but it's a very good deck for those willing, wanting to climb to Legend, as well as those in the Dumpster Legend that try to get to Top Legend until they they get stopped by Diagon Rogue and Demon Hunters and have to switch decks. But up until then, it's very good. It's one of the better choices in the format. Building the report is very solid. Spooky Mage is uh, not Wildfire Mage. I'm calling it no Wildfire now because uh, Frost Mage is spookier. It turns out has more skeleton cards. It's, and by the way, if you look at Frost Mage. All the complaints about package-based design, this deck kind of refutes them because it's little pieces from all these different decks that are all put yeah, together, yeah. and I really like how it fuses them. Yeah, Prismatic Elemental, it's kind of a casino-based support. You've got the skeleton package, uh, but it, it has different contexts compared to the skeleton in previous uh, Wildfire Spooky Mage. It's, it feels different. And then it's got the Arc Splitter and the Arcane Worm from the Arcane Package. So it's got all these cards from all sorts of packages and just suddenly there's a really good aggressive deck, uh, aggressive mage deck that runs minions. Uh, it's very board-based, even though they, it does have over-the-top damage with Frozen Touch, but it is very board-based. And it needs to deal board-based damage in order to finish opponents off. You're not going to infuse your Frozen Touch uh, five, six times in the game in order to deal that that amount of damage. Like you need, uh, to have the board. Uh, so yeah, and also this deck uses Deathborn better than any deck I've seen so far. You will get these Deathborns of five or six because you just you you whittle things down using your minions, and then you pop your stuff and their stuff, and you get a Deathborn for like six. Yeah, yeah, it's really really Deathborn is really strong. I've seen some lists that cut. To, de- to one Deathborn? Absolutely not. No, do, do not, not do, do that. that. This is one of the best. You want Shivering Sorceress to hit that. If Shivering Sorceress yeah. hits that, it's you got a stew going. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really, really powerful. Deathborn is a really powerful card in this deck. I, I cannot understate this. 
Remember when this card cost five and we were like, it's kind of good? We were wrong. Wait, what? It, when, it never caught what death in the remember in the pre-stream in the pre-stream with jockey it cost five and the location yeah oh right right oh yeah it did and the location had to to do and then they moved it to six and everyone was talking about how bad and unplayable the card was and yeah and i was complaining why is Deathborn not five mana and i was talking out of my ass because i couldn't be so wrong because Deathborn in six was definitely correct and uh yeah it's very good that this card was not released at five um yeah oh okay uh so frost mage good as a uh, wildfire mage if you run the 30 build it's good i don't think it's better than frost mage but it is a good deck it's definitely a good deck and you can definitely have success with it uh just run an astralor oh, run astralor it helps um okay warlock warlock okay so here's the thing about Warlock. I think that Philactic Warlock is very scary in the event of all of its counters getting nerfed <laughs> again. Like it, it's looking decent at top legend. It's it's turning very quickly into unplayable status because it hard loses to Quest DH and Miracle Rogue. So even though there was initial enthusiasm at top legend uh, to play Philactory Warlock. I think that's going to die down. Like, you're going to see next week this deck is not going to have a positive renate at top legend. There's no chance. Uh, but if you nerf Miracle Rogue, you nerf Demon Hunter, you nerf these decks, I think you probably need to do something about Phylactery because it is a deck that OTKs, has infinite damage, and can do it very quickly. And, you know, you know, is part of this narrative about insane over-the-top damage. You probably want to nerf it. And I would just make <laughs> Mithra Rod <laughs> push it a six. I would nerf it again, Hat. Um, you just want to, go to make the sure just... double the original cost. <laughs> yeah, double the we're gonna we're gonna go back to the Emperor Thorson co- cost when it comes to these cards. Because uh if they, if he, if they make a patch and they nerf Demon Hunter and Rogue and this deck becomes a top legend thing. Uh, you probably don't want to do that. So this deck probably needs to be addressed, even though right now it's underpowered. It's not It's not very good uh, in the current format, but it is quite dangerous. And Midrivad was a pretty significant mistake uh, <laughs> to make at uh, its initial cost. But, you know, the funny thing is when Midrivad was three and was released in Stormin, it was too slow for, <laughs> for Handlock. It was too slow. Uh, because uh, it, it was it was a weird time, but um, but yeah, probably need to address that. Uh, you you cut nose. I recommend cutting nose in Phylactery because it's a liability against Demon Hunter. You're just giving them something to sinful brand. Normally, you're not giving them something to sinful brand, so it's useful. Uh, but what I've found is that Null is like actively works against you in that matchup, which was pretty funny uh, to to evaluate. So cut that card. Uh, but probably cut the deck and run Rogue or Demon Hunter. Because you're playing top legend. It's Phylactery Warlock. Phylactery is not very good outside of that. Imp Warlock is fine. Uh, it gets very, again, <laughs> this deck is going to become unplayable at top legend again. Like everything. It's just going to, like I'm seeing hat trends of win rates. 
and what you see is like a graph of like decks, everything else other than Rogue and Demon Hunter almost is just dying. It's like crumbling under the pressure. And on a daily basis, they get worse and worse. So Amparag is probably going to be like tier three, maybe even tier four at that bracket. On the Climb the Legend, it is going to stay very good. It, it is very good. You probably want to run the Curse build now over the non-curse. That did flip um, from before the patch, probably because the decline of uh, Druid and stuff like that. Uh, Pure Paladin. There's there's one deck. It's just it's just pure paladin because control and dragon definitely don't work anymore with uh, the Renathal nerf. Uh, the build that we have in the report is pretty new. It's relatively new development. Where people said, okay, I'm running into frost mages and frost that night, and also demon hunters with sinful brand. Like blood crusader is a liability. Like the more the, the more time goes on, this meta develops. I'm just finding Blood Crusade to be a liability because even though it's nice to cheat the Countess out a turn earlier, like you can't take the damage. You can't self-damage that hard. Like they, you just help your opponent kill you. And then you're better off just running no Blood Crusade and just playing the Countess at its cost, its original cost. In slower matchups, it doesn't match, matter that much. You still have the pressure and the value of the, the invitations. But in faster matchups, it absolutely matters. Uh, and very often, you know, I've played against this deck. Very often after they play Order in the Court, I'm seeing them play Countess without the Blood Crusader because I'm killing them. Yeah, it's seven health is just such an enormous liability. Yeah, yeah. It, like, they end up just... That card ends up just sitting in their hand and doing nothing, just being a patches. Like, like drawing a patches. You can't play the card against Death Knight and against Mage. You cannot play the card. Uh, it, you, you just yeah, it's a liability. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing I'm kind of curious about with with Paladin with pure Paladin. So I I'm seeing very little data. So what we added in the report we added Sea Floor Savior and Mooncatcher and Mooncatcher is not a good card in the deck. It just to fill the numbers because you need to only run minions and only run paladin minions and you don't have a lot of options to you available to you so mooncatcher is like filler sometimes you're gonna have the card you're gonna have nothing better to do you just drop it on the board obviously there are the people who keep it in the mulligan which is horrendous please stop keeping this card in the mulligan stop just stop like it's like it's kept it's over 40 percent it should be kept zero percent of the time this is not a card that you mull for um, and sometimes the Sea Floor Savior is going to fund the Sunken. Sometimes that happens. That's okay. But don't build around it. But there are alternatives. For example, I'm seeing very little Elitist Snob. And it might be a good card in the deck. So try it. We've uh, suggested that in, in the list to highlight. You can cut the, the Savior in the Mooncatcher and run uh, uh, Vicar again with uh snob and that can definitely work and it helps you against the burn decks right because you're self-damaging seeing it still with seal of blood and uh soldier so having some life gain as well as sewing potential could be useful i uh i'd like to see more data on that hunter okay so we have quest demon hunter and miracle taking over top legend no doubt about that but at lower ranks of ladder, my concern is Shockspitter Hunter 
This deck looks dangerously powerful. And even though in the report it's winner, it doesn't seem that obscene, I can tell based on refinement and the way that its win rate is shaping up, its win rate is spiking hard, it's developing. Over the last three days, it's been the best deck at uh, the diamond bracket. Um, so it's looking like it's going to be the number one deck. And Spitter Hunter being the number one deck at anywhere on ladder, it, I don't think it's a good thing for the game. And its play rate is spiking over the last 24 hours. Spitter Hunter upper diamond around 8%. And I expect that to continue to increase. And this deck has a very, very fast clock on opponents, makes it very limiting. Uh, also, refinement is like the, the listener report is perfect. This is perfect 30. You cut the five drops. Kodo Bane is too slow. Uh, I've seen people try Aralon. It's a card that I was flirting with. But at the end of the day, uh, I ended up keeping the trogs the trogs are obviously good in the current format um and this deck is very clean like you run two battle rams the reason why you're running two battle rams is that in faster matchups uh you just use select a breeder to pick hydralodon and if and battle ram having two battle rams means you're very likely to have a battle ram on four, which enables you to run the hydralodon on five and play it on five and blow your opponent out of the game. This is absolutely a beast. This is totally capable of being beast hunter, totally capable of being yeah. spitter hunter. You got two different games. And the beast hunter games where you play one spitter at the end, totally fine, dynamic, interesting, take a minute. The games where you brand and kill your opponent on, on seven or where you have spitter spitter on six and the game is over, those are less fun. Yeah, that's that, that's my issue with the deck. I'm fine with the deck being a Hydrolodon deck. I'm not so fine with this deck being a Spitter deck where uh, it's like you have control of the board and you're controlling the board with Hydrolodon and then if the game goes lo long enough, oh, um, you get OTK'd by a brand combo with Spitter and you can do that thanks to Ram as well. Like Battle Ram is a very good card in a deck. This is why I advocate running too. Not only does it make Hydrolodon cost less, but it also makes your Spitter cost uh, one mana temp your first spitter, which means you can brand spitter spitter on turn seven if it's backed up by a ram, right? Uh, by a ram discount. So it's it just this deck is too powerful. Uh, and play pattern wise, I think the burst is is a problem. And spitter, I would nerf it to a four mana card. Uh, make it a four mana three three. I don't really care. Um, uh, but that card scaling is way too much and you need to take, like, if it's, if it becomes a fireball, I'm fine with that. But if it, like, if it's too cheap and it's too easy to, to abuse with breeder and it's still too easy to abuse with breeder and, and brand, then it needs to go, especially with battle ram in the, in the format as well. So, uh, that deck probably needs to be addressed because I suspect that by next week, this this is this is going to be the number one deck at the Diamond and Platinum ranks, and it might reach play rates of like above fifteen percent, and you don't want that. That's it's not great, not ideal. And this is these are the ranks that a lot of like top legend things are bad, right? But this is a small. Population. It's an important population because this is the mirror to streams. People queue, uh, like go to streams and look at how Hearthstone is played, and they see Demon Hunter Rogue. Even though it's not relevant for their ranks, they get the impression that you know Hearthstone meta is narrow and balanced and such and such.
they get negative opinions from streamers about the format and whatever. That's not good. You want that to be okay. But here we have a deck that's very good at lower ranks of ladder and where a far higher percentage of the population plays. And if they constantly queue into this deck, they're not going to have a great time. So yeah, probably need to address Spitter Hunter, move Spitter to four, maybe address stats, make it a better stat card, but slow it down. Card needs to be slowed down. Uh, Beast Hunter is good. It's the only deck. Beast Hunter is the only deck in the format where you run 40, you run Renathal, and it seems to do fine doing that. It is being overshadowed by Spitter Hunter. I think that Spitter Hunter is a superior deck. Uh, and it's going to look like that in the stats probably by next week. Though Beast Hunter is still a tier one uh, outside of Legend. It's It works. It's good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Run two collateral damage. Cut the Theron. Theron is like in this format. There's no time to play <laughs> a seven mana seven seven. Uh, but collateral damage can be the difference between winning and losing because it's obviously very good if you're getting pressured and collateral clears the board and helps you race for lethal very effectively. Uh, yeah, that is Hunter. You could also, for what it's worth, if they nerf Shockspitter to four or whatever, they could just put it back when they rotate Brandon Candleshot and Battle Ram and all this stuff. I don't know. I kind of like Candleshot being in core. I think the the problem is Bran. Uh, yeah. Alongside the Battle Ram, uh, which makes the Shockspitter nerf less um, significant because if you have Ram, then basically, you know, two Shockspitters cost the same uh, as they did before. So I would, uh, you, you need to you need to do something there uh, for sure. But uh, yeah. Okay, so now we, we talk about uh, some of the classes that don't see much uh, fanfare. Evolve uh, Shaman, very good deck. Going to be unplayable top legend. I'm saying this a lot in this podcast but what can i do i think this deck's really interesting it's fun it feels almost like bloodlust control where you're just slowing the game down until you build board after board after board and they have to keep doing something to clear and eventually they won't be able to and then you bloodless and kill them yeah and sometimes you vulgin uh your neptulon just win the game on the spot so there is some scam potential i do like the package of vulgin neptulon it is very neat it's very clever I do wonder who came up with that, but once uh, once that started to pop, I was impressed, and it looks good. I think it's better than Sea Giants. Um, and uh, yeah, Evolve Shaman is fine. It's a good deck. Uh, it works pretty well. Feels pretty good to play, and has has some game against a lot of a variety of matchups. Um, it's just that the most powerful decks. It's gonna be difficult. Priest, uh, bless Priest is. You know, I said uh, before, uh, if if Frostmage, like, by next week, maybe it's the third or fourth best deck in Top Legend, and the other deck would be Blessed Priest Hat, because <sighs> Blessed Priest is, is fine. Uh, they, they just didn't, like, I've said this before, they should have nerfed Radiant Elemental. Uh, instead, they nerfed Boon, which is the interesting card out of the two, or, like, the late less offensive card. They nerfed Valish, okay, sure, but the Valish nerf doesn't impact this deck that much honestly um and this deck still works well though i will say miracle rogue uh, you know it used to be a dominant match over blessed priest this is no longer the case because of concoctions um 
and the ability to find deadly shots in your concoctions, and you can answer the blessed priest's turn. So that is very significant and changes the matchups. It changes the matchup completely. I would say it's work favorite at this point. You still have good game against Demon Hunter. So top legend meta, it's okay. Um, blessed priest, which is unfortunate because uh, because it's blessed priest. Yeah, because Team Fire were trying to kill this deck, but they did not really kill this deck. Uh, but it, you know, it, you're not going to see a lot of it because again, Demon Hunter and Rogue are better the end of the day and uh, you're going to have some people play this but not a lot other priest decks gone um black priest quest priest all those things no longer viable but warrior though but warrior so here's the thing about warrior and rage warrior is okay i think it needs to be uh, refined if you want to play it, try the list that we have in the report it's faster it cuts weapons experts, which sounds surprising, but the card is just too slow. It cuts uh, uh, combatant. And yeah, like ju- just play faster and you're going to get rewarded because playing faster is very important in the current format. You need to be aggressive and be fast because uh, the game is going to end. Uh, like you need to kill the demon hunter before they get to mana thirst six and blow you out of the game and reno the f- back to full health, right? You need to kill them before that, so you need more early game. You need things like Foul Egg and Snowball and that and Beaming Sidekick and get things out of your, like, the Unleash Fell range, maybe, and, and making make Rogue's Knolls less effective. All those things come into equation, uh, which is why you need... And run Astalor, because... Uh, what the hell? Huh? <laughs> why wouldn't you run Astalor in this deck? Who cares if it's aggressive deck? That's why Astalor needs to be nerfed. Because I found that Astro is pretty good in Enrage Warrior too. So here's the thing about Control Warrior. All builds that I've seen up to the day, like the closure of the database for uh, the la- the recent report, Control Warrior is not a thing. Like th- there were builds that were trying to run like uh, to the front with Astlor and Brand, and they were kind of cute, but they were also not very good and not very viable. And, um, yeah, it's just none of those things worked. However, there were two things that I found since the report came out that are mildly interesting. Uh, One, I have very little data on this. But uh, yesterday, Jomper started playing a deck that runs last last and... No, I'm not. I don't have data on it. I just found it interesting. Uh, if people want to try it, there's basically he runs uh, Last Stand and Bulk Up and the What's His Face uh, six Silver mana. Fury Stalwart, the six mana four yeah. eight Taunt Rush can't be targeted, and he runs from the depths. Yeah, yeah. So the goal is to discount it, buff it, double it, and bulk it up. Yeah, bulk it up. And it's really good against Demon Hunter because they can't simple brand it because it has it cannot be targeted. So they, they stare down this uh, 916 or something <laughs> with uh, non-targetable and they can't kill it and they can just die to it. Rogue, I think, is a different story. If they find a concoction with Deadly Shot, then they blow you out of the game. Probably that going to be a tougher matchup with that deck. But if you want to try it, try out Jombra's build. I'm interested to see data for it. I'm not getting my hopes up, but there might be something there. 
Um, there are also other builds that run like um, Sunfire, Smithing, and Grom, and Galvanger with uh, Sanguine Depth, and Astelor, of course, with Craze Wretch. And the goal is to just gain armor and go face with stuff and deal damage. Uh, very, very straightforward and simple. And those builds might not be as bad as Control Warrior looks in the data repo report in the power rankings. Uh, but I'm not getting my hopes up too much. Uh, it just... It's Control Warrior. Like, you're gonna have... Some matchups are just unwinnable, like Ram Druid. Like, it's... It's, it's not winnable. <laughs> and it's gonna be tough, regardless of what deck you're playing, it's gonna be tough to run Rogue out of resources. Um, Demon Hunter, I'm seeing something. Maybe you can challenge them but again it's very difficult to out sustain a demon hunter uh even even with a bunch of armor but theoretically it can work i'm not getting my hopes up i don't think that warrior is going to be super relevant but maybe in the narrow 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 top legend environment you can make it work in some capacity yeah i really wonder what they're going to do to buff to make warrior better i have no idea but they need this class to be more than just Enrage Warrior. It needs to happen. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Priest is arguably in a worse spot. I mean, Warrior has sure. Enrage, which is okay. Priest I'm not got saying they shouldn't priest, buff is... Priest, just like, I think there are some clearer ways to buff Priest. I don't know how you buff Warrior. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can make the... You can buff uh, Last Stand and... <laughs> <laughs> You can buff last end, maybe make it three mana, then it gets really interesting. Or buff uh, the taunt, make it like a little bit smaller by five mana, so you can last end and play it immediately on five. I don't know. Uh, they can do a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't have specific suggestions. I do have specific suggestions on how to buff Death Knight, at least the the crappy specs of Death Knight, the blood. You and mean unholy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, blood can also be buffed. So okay, okay. So here's my... I'm going to talk to you about balance suggestions. So here's what I think they should do. In terms of nerfs, I, I kind of went over it, but if we quickly go over it, Glacial Advance, your next spell costs one less rather than two. Make the Glacial Advance chain that is the cause for frustration. Make it less likely to happen, or if it happens, happens turn nine, not turn six. That's the first thing you do with... with Death Knight. Frozen Touch, increase the Infuse to 4. Now, Rogue, Wild Panel, make it cost 6 mana. Uh, and also, you're going to nerf Astellar. In the end, I'll, I'll say what I think they should do with Astellar. Unleash Fell goes to 2. Sinful Brand goes to 2. Shock Spitter, maybe make it a 4 mana 3-3. Three, three. Mithrod goes to 6. Astellar, I had an idea what to do, Hat. Astellar, change it to 3-6-9. 3-3 three, three, that deals 3 with a mana thirst of 5. 6-6 six, six, that gains 6 armor with a mana thirst of 8. And a 9 mana 9-9 nine, nine, that deals 9. Mana thirst 10 deals 9 more. Make it a 3-6-9. Still keeps a nice flavor to it. Uh, has interesting breakpoints. But by slowing the card down, you're making it less likely to be good in decks that, you know, 
initiative focused decks that try to pressure and they just care about the first body and just make it worse. Make it slower. It's still going to be a good card. You're still going to rework this, I think, uh, 369 breakpoint. Still going to be good, but it's far less likely to be good in faster decks. Uh, you're making it better in slower decks that scale, that play slow. That's what I'm interested in. Also, what this does, and that's very important, I'm not. it's not by accident that I'm making the last Astelor 9 mana and the first Astelor 3 mana. I think those are two very important things because the 3 mana Astelor means that Rogue is less likely to be able to abuse it with Shadow Step. And the 9 mana means that you break the Anubrakan combo, which is what they wanted to do when they nerfed Anubrakan. But if Astelor, if the last Astelor costs 9, now in order to uh, be able to execute the combo, you need to have armor at the beginning of the turn. Like the brand Anubrakan is not enough armor. You get 16 armor, but you need to spend 18 in order to play two eight, uh, nine mana Astelors. So I think those changes of changing the mana breakpoints of Astelor help uh, combat against the two classes that abuse Astelor best in Rogue and Druid, while also making it worse in general so that things like Enrage Warrior don't find out that this is the best, this is one of their better cards, or like Aggro Mage, uh, just slow the card down. I think that would make a lot of sense. So I do like the 369, also it's a good meme. So do it, Team 5. Those are the, my suggested changes uh, that I think that they should do in terms of addressing um, power. Now, buffs, you know, I wanted to do this, but specifically Death Knight, there's so much stuff that they can do in order to make blood a little bit better because I think that blood needs to be a little bit better and then Unholy a lot better. Unholy needs to be a lot better. So, uh, for example, um, Geist, Bone Digger Geist, is a 2-mana two 2-2 two two right now. Just make it a 2-3 at its baseline. And make it get, spend a corpse to gain plus 1, plus 1. So that it turns into a totem golem. Like, the problem with this card is that it's unplayable on turn 2 unless you have a, a corpse generator on 1. If, you, if it's a 2-3, then the baseline is okay that you can play a 2-mana two 2-3 two on turn 2. If you don't have a corpse, it's not terrible. A 2-mana two 2-2 two two that does nothing is terrible. So make its baseline a little bit better. It's going to feel a little bit better to play. Um, initially, before Frost Death Knight became good, I suggested maybe you make Defrost cost one mana and require more corpses. But now that Frost uh, Death Knight looks this good, probably you don't make this change uh, now. Uh, what else? Graveyard Shift. I have such an issue with this card. It summons two Mermies. Mermie was a one mana card. Graveyard Shift can be two mana. Like, if you make this card 2-mana, then Unholy Aggro Death Knight suddenly have a really solid, strong, standalone play that they can make in order to get corpses, generate a sticky board that they can further leverage into their synergy cards. I think that card would be fine at 2-mana. It is not insane. It becomes kind of a haunted creeper. I don't see... Like, it seems to me like they over-budgeted for corpses, right? In Death Knight, like they made cards, cards that generate a lot of corpses, uh, they almost gave them a, a one mana tax on on this card. 
like Soul Breaker, the weapon, the blood that weapon, can generate three corpses per, per swing. Make the corpse ge- generators better. Like it, it's totally doable. It's not gonna it's not gonna break this class. Uh Army of the Dead can be four mana and spend up to four corpses. Make the card faster. Like at its current iteration, Army of the Dead is like it's like a signature Death Knight card. And it sucks. It's bad. Like Unholy Death Knight should not be played this card at its current iteration. Make the card faster. Uh Corpse Pride, you already buffed it and it, it didn't work. Okay, Corrupted Ashbringer. Make it five mana. Give Blood Death Knight a consistent way to heal through burn. Like right now, Blood Death Knight, the archetype that is supposed to be the king of healing, cannot consistently heal through the damage of a Frost Death Knight or a Frost Mage. So that weapon, like compare it to Librem of Judgment, which we had back in the day. That card was regularly cost Four mana had three charges. Alternatively, let's say you don't want to make it five mana. Let's say you're thinking five mana Arcanite Reaper with lifesteal is too fast. Add a charge to Corrupted Ashbringer and keep it at six. Do one of those things so that this weapon is actually appealing. And because the thing is, it's flavorful and it fits the archetype of like healing through and, you know, draining the opponent. I think that card is fine. Like, if you buffed it, it just made Blood Death Knight really good at actual healing. Because right now, what it does, it just plays Vampiric Blood, which is not healing. It's gain- you're gaining life, but you're not really healing. And your other healing card is like Blood Boil, which is very uh, board dependent. And against burn decks like Frost Death Knight, is- it doesn't even do much. Uh, and No Muncher, which is more of a threat than a... It's a stabilizer, but it's not really reliable healing. So I would like them to buff Ashbringer specifically for blood. And I think like buffing that is enough to maybe make Blood Death Knight a reasonable deck uh, to play. Um, yeah, so those are th- off the top of my head. Those are changes that they can make immediately and like significantly change the standing of, of, uh, of those two specs that I think just suck right now. Uh, Unholy sucks a lot more, but you know what I mean. I think Graveyard Shift to 2 changes a lot in Unholy. Um, but we'll see what they end up doing. I, I expect them to do more buffs, especially for the Death Knight specs that don't seem to work that well. Just because it's a new class and they want to make it, want people to enjoy all of its aspects and stuff, and it's probably the right call. Though, uh, I will say that I was surprised by... Uh, how good Frost Death Knight suddenly became, uh, because before the patch you would like you would think, oh, we need to buff this, and now it's like, oh, we don't need to buff this at all. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they have plans for the mini set with cards that may change the 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 fortunes of these archetypes. But yeah, off the top of my head, these are easy changes that they can make for cards that are very unlikely to become busted because of these changes. I'm. This balance conundrum has been one of the more challenging ones to think about because they have a lot of good things going on, but they definitely need the format to be slower. They definitely need to be careful about a lot of dominoes, and they have some underperforming things they need to push into performant territory right before the mini set comes out. So we know the mini set is going to be 
Usually it's the first week of February. So they once again have this very narrow window, very narrow opportunity. And I am pretty curious to see how they approach it because I don't know, I, I don't have a ton of changes that I would consider high confidence. And that's been what they've been pushing lately. There, the nerfs, whatever. In terms of buff, I don't know. I would be highly confident about any particular plan. I think that they're being like overly careful with uh, buffing some things, um, especially when it comes to to deathline. I don't think that like when I saw that there are deathline changes, uh, I really didn't like them. Particularly the Blightfang buff. I think that card didn't need to be buffed because if Unholy ends up being good, this is probably the most uh, egregious card in that archetype in terms of ex- play experience. Uh, I don't think that card needed to be better than it was. That wasn't the problem. Um, but I am curious why they're not making... like They could be more aggressive. Like Unholy is so bad. You can make so many of its cards better and it's not going to break the game. So just do it. Uh, and also Unholy is the, is, the, is the archetype that's probably the least likely to spur complaints and feel offensive to play against, right? Like Frost, you've got the burst. That's definitely a play pattern thing that you probably need to address with Glacial Advance, right? If Blood Control became dominant, right? It's not going to be dominant would be because unpleasant. of a, yeah, but it's not going to be dominant because of a five-mana Ashbringer. It's not. But if it ever became theoretically dominant, then it might be unpleasant, so I can see why they might be careful of buffing that. But Unholy? They can do what they did with Paladin, make the numbers as crazy as you want because it never kills you from hand, so do whatever. Do anything. Yeah, it's a board-centric uh, archetype. Just, Just, it's fine. Like, even if it's good, the pros won't believe you that it's good. And they won't play it. So don't worry about it. Just play it. Just make it good. Okay. Uh, with with buff to Azakaza, it is very difficult. Like, I don't know why you would buff in Warrior to help it. It's, it's I have honestly... no idea. I've looked over the card file so many times. I have no clue. I, I don't know what they would... What they could buff. Or what they want to buff. They could buff different things, but you need to decide what kind of Warrior do you want to see, right? Yeah, like you don't want Disruptive Spellbreaker to be a spider tank. You do not want that to be good. No, you don't want make that card too good. That is the one card you don't, I don't think you buff that. Because if Warrior is good, if Control Warrior is good, it's going to play Spellbreaker probably. If Because like, that card I think is, is fine. That's not the problem of the archetype. The problem of the archetype is it doesn't have a good way of winning the game. Like it doesn't have a good plan for ending the game. And it cannot just sit there and defend and defend and defend forever against a multitude of archetypes that just gonna have oppressive. Uh, they're gonna have oppressive damage against the warrior eventually, or oppressive threats to the point where their removal toolkit is just not enough. So warrior needs a way to end the game. I don't know how you do that. It's quite complicated. Like there aren't clear cut win conditions. You're not gonna revert Kazakasan, right, <laughs> to give them the win condition that they need. Uh, so. I don't know what you do, honestly. Because uh, cause I think that Warrior's problem is a bit deeper. And honestly, Priest is probably the second most likely candidate to get buffs, right? But again, Priest, I have no idea. What do you buff in Priest? Like, <laughs> what do you, 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 you're not going to buff Svalna 
right? That that's uh, not the thing that you want above. They could. No, I don't no. think they should. <laughs> You're not. But you you no, can APM see priest, five mana five five Svalna as something that happens, right? You can see that as no, something that happens. No, they're not gonna do that. There's no. I shot. hope they don't. It's probably the undead stuff. I assume. Like, there's a lot of yeah, undead the, stuff. Like, okay, Scourge Ranger, make it a five-five. Come on, it was five-five in development. They nerfed it. It's not a priest card, but it's kind of a priest card. Make it a five-five. What's the what's the problem? Yeah, that's my thing. My I want Scourge Ranger to be a five-five. Also symmetrical. Like it, it irritates me that it's a five-four. I find it personally irritating that that it's a four-four. Mm, so they should keep it, it the same. Five-four. No. No, it needs to be a 5-5. Five five. Okay, probably buff the undead stuff. You know what they can do? They can buff Arms Dealer and Banshee and make those cards better. And that helps Zombie Shaman, Shadow Priest, um, maybe an aggressive undead uh, Druid deck. I think Arms Dealer can be a 1-3 and Banshee can be a 2-2 two two that buffs 1-1 one one on Death Battle. But, uh, yeah. Those are neutral buffs, but they affect those archetypes because the undead swarming archetypes have not worked out. Yeah, it's and if you want to make the undead stuff better on the board, you buff the ones. The ones are the key. Yeah, the one drops, exactly. Or you, you can also buff something like Haunting Nightmare. You can make it a 3-4. You can also make it infinite. <laughs> That's actually interesting because there was infinite in development. Like Haunting Nightmare... Or just resummon the- itself. Yeah, it would resummon itself. So you can make that, and maybe that bone collar deck with uh, with Zylar gets a little bit interesting. Suddenly you have a late game. I would actually be curious about that. That is a late game win condition that they can work with, uh, with Haunting Nightmare. Make it make it infinite. I mean, what's gonna happen? Like, unless in testing they did that and it led to in, insane stupidity, I, like it might be worth a shot. It gets really weird with Zyrella, the hero card. Yeah, but really it's slow. It's incredibly weird. slow, Hat. It's no, an it's, incredibly slow I think condition. it gets. I think it is a downside for the person playing the hero card. No, but you're, what you do is you just play Hunting Nightmare at, like with like Switcheroo, and you just Bone Caller and Amulet of Undyne, and you just constantly summon them, resummon them, and that's how it works. And Zyrella just summons a... A, like a full board of them and whenever they get killed and you play a car then you resummon them i think that's cool that's neat is that too powerful is that too good is that really too good think about how slow that is i think it's fine i mean was infectious ghoul too good infectious ghoul could do that on turn four or five here we're talking about a, an, a strategy that builds itself over a long period of time and you're like it's not even sticky hat like, it's not like you clear it and they summon themselves. You it's, still it's a need, very hygienic ghost. Yeah, it's not like they, they, you need to still play a card in order to summon them and they only get to attack the next turn. It is not nowhere near comparable to Infectious Ghoul. And I'm not pushing back on your idea. I have spent zero mental energy on what Haunting Nightmare Priest would look like. Sure, what? It's, I don't know. Sure, try it out. Whatever. It, it's, it's, it seems kind of cool. Need to do something. It seems kind of cool. I feel like priesty players would like it a lot because it's just so grindy. Yeah, it's grindy and it's board-based. It still has counterplay in the form of silence. You can mass silence them. Like, I don't I, I don't see a problem here. 
just 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 do something. Um, I think they should yeah, buff that's kinda, copycat. Copycat is the card that they should buff. That's because you like it, cats, hat. Huh? That's not because it's a cat. But he read. Yeah, you like hat likes cats, guys. By the way, he, uh, who okay. doesn't like cats? Some there are there are levels to a hat. There are people who are fine with cats. There are people who like cats. There are people who love cats. It's it's. I mean, the people who hate cats are psychopaths. But but yeah, yes, buff copycat. Anyways, <laughs> okay. I don't think we're gonna solve this format here in this podcast. So we're gonna wrap it up for the year. Hey. Oh yeah, happy New Year, hat. Yeah, happy New Year, Zach. It's been a fun year. Thank you so much to everyone who has been here. We will talk to you next week, talk to you next year. It's the same thing. And uh, we'll have a report. I mean, Zach, you don't really stop for anything, so you'll have your report on on the 5th as usual. We'll do our podcast next weekend as usual. Um, Thank you so much, everyone. VS Gold, VS Silver, Patreon members, everyone who subbed and supported this week, this year, you're wonderful. Uh, Evil Dave, thank you so much for picking up the podcast transcriptions this year. Really appreciate having you. Steven Sensei, as always, thank you so much for the intro and outro. We'll talk to you all soon in 2023. The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers. <laughs>